Thank you, Adam. Exciting. I hadn't thought about this, but I was asking the Lord for a story to start with. And you started talking about the garments. Here's a little personal. I'm going to talk about myself for one minute, and then we're going to get to you. But first, me. So (laughs) um, garments. So uh, yesterday I was working on this message, and I asked my husband to get the kids out of the house, because you do. And he went and he bought me a new garment. And I trusted my husband to clothe me. Guys, it's a scary thing. Wives in the house, if you're going to send your husband to go buy something, it was a surprise garment that he bought and clothed me. I just think, I think that's crazy. And the Lord did it, and it fits. He's going to clothe us, guys. I'm just listening to you, Adam. Like, he's going to clothe us, and it's going to fit right, and it's going to be a new thing for a new season, and it's going to come out of trust. Okay, so if you had ears to hear that, awesome. If not, it's just a cool story. So we are talking. Oh, yeah. Um, We've got these half sheets of paper. I'm going to ask my friends to pass them out if you just want to hold on to these. We're going to be doing a lot of interaction this morning. We're going to, I'm going to share, and then we're going to have a listening space where you can hear from the Father. We're going to have some worship going on. It'll also be an opportunity to get up out of your seats. We've got some prayer stations that some of you guys have already started interacting with, which is great. Um, But as they come around, just hold on to that. You don't even have to look at it right now, though you're welcome to, but it will make more sense soon. Is that okay? Okay. So who was here two weeks ago? Well, you weren't here. You were in Lee's Summit. Who was uh, uh, listening to Drew Caldwell? Who got that? You heard the stories in the Middle East, the ones that you want to sign up for on the podcast. So Drew didn't know that he was setting the foundation for us for the next few weeks. But as Drew shared, uh, he told stories about things that we're celebrating, things that are happening in their lives. Drew works at a school. He and his wife live in Beirut, Lebanon with their three beautiful girls. And uh, Drew is uh, uh, seeing the move of God in the school where he works. He's invited the presence of the Lord, and as he teaches, he's begun to see miraculous signs and wonders. Healing is breaking out in the classroom. People are actually experiencing Muslim children. Did I mention that these are Muslim children? And they're experiencing the tangible, manifest presence of God healing their bodies while they're at school. That's nuts. So we celebrated that with him. But the the premise of Drew's story um, was not so much that God is moving, although we're celebrating that God is moving. But Drew shared with us the challenge of what came before that, that the Father called them out into a waiting season, into a sabbatical, where they were still before the Lord and where they had to humble themselves and stop working. Now, if you know anything about Drew and Mary, it's really hard to stop. They see, they act, they produce, they're amazing. They go, go, go. But the Father said, can you rest and pause And Drew compared it to Jesus being sent into the wilderness, where the wilderness wasn't a a place of temptation, but the wilderness was a place where I can hear the Father's voice because it's quiet, and I can have my heart soften because I'm alone. It's quiet and alone. And we see that this isn't just uh, Jesus that's led by the Spirit into the wilderness, but It's also, there's precedent for this throughout scripture. So you've got John the Baptist 
set apart as a, a prophetic man who would usher in the new kingdom. And he went out, led by the Spirit, so that he could get quiet, so that he could get still. And it was in his waiting that the Father made him the prophetic image for a people. He began to baptize people, and he announced the coming king because he was able to cultivate a life where he was perceiving what God was doing. And even before John the Baptist, we see that this is how the Father works. Think of Israel. We're following the cloud, right? So we've got Israel, and finally Pharaoh gives up. We've got a little story here. Pharaoh gives up, and he says, fine, you guys go. I'm tired of all of this, and I want to release you. And they begin to walk, and we see that they're following a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. And there's a moment... And I'm bringing this up because I feel like it's the moment that we're in. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 20, it says that the Israelites get to a place called Etham. Etham isn't a, t a town or a city. It is just the word for desolate place. So they get to Etham, and they could go to the north or the south, but it's night, and they wake up. And the cloud begins to move, and it says they were on the edge of the wilderness when they saw the cloud move into the region, into the wilderness, into the desert. They were on the edge. Can you imagine? You're following this cloud, we're free from Egypt, and then the cloud turns very clearly, and it goes into a dry place. Why? Why is the cloud going into a dry place? And this is the moment that I feel like we're in. I sense that the Father is taking us. The cloud is turning for a time so that we can be brought in, ushered in to that quiet place where John the Baptist received his message, to that quiet place where Jesus received his authority to that place where the Israelites got marked with their sonship, where they learned how to become sons and daughters. And this is the time that we're in. And so um, Adam let the cat out of the bag in the best way, but we are heading into 40 days of prayer and worship. Yes! You guys so excited? I'm excited. Yeah, okay. So we're heading into 40 days. We're going to begin August 21st. And we're going to go through September 29th. On September 29th, that's when we're going to gather. You're saying, where, how are we going to pray? What's it going to look like? We used to have a prayer room. Now we don't have a prayer room. And this is the best problem because we are going to engage in 40 days of decentralized prayer. So the prayer is going to happen in your homes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know you're excited. Okay. So... I'm excited for you. If you're not, you'll get there. It's okay. So um, let me speak to uh, prayer first, and then um, I'm going to speak to fasting. Because as the Father leads us into the wilderness, He's preparing us for something. I totally believe that whether um, we're on board or not, that there is a move of God coming, that there is a move of salvation coming, there's a move of healing coming. And I, for one, don't want to miss that boat. And so I want to be prepared with ears that hear and a heart that's soft to be able to receive what the Father's doing. So this is the idea behind 40 days to step away, to listen to the Father's voice, and to begin to pray and get a heart for the city. 
So you see seven regions there. We're going to pray throughout these seven regions, kind of like a wave that's going to begin in the Northland on August 21st, and it's going to come down and all the way to the south. And you say, how is this going to happen? Well, that's a a great question. (laughs) Things are going to get creative. We've uh, uh, brought this up to your regional leaders, and between them and your collaboration, there are uh, ways that we can get creative to pray in your homes, to pray in your living rooms. Maybe some of you in your regions, you want to set a house apart that has a um, a prayer space where people come from 8 to 10 or from, uh, you know, two hours in the morning. Maybe you feel like you have the grace for that. Or maybe you just want to sign up and every home is going to take a day where they have an hour of prayer or an evening of prayer. So we're not going to tell you how to do this. We're just going to uh, put you in contact with your regional leaders and let the creativity spur. And then we're going to let the testimonies collect. So there's going to be a lot more on this. We've got three weeks before this starts. We're going to have resources for you, ways that we can be united in this, ways that we can share testimony. So I'm not going to uh, spend the entire morning talking about this, although it's very exciting. The thing that uh, I want to share with you today is more of the heart of why we feel like this is for us. Why are we on an Ethan? What happens when the cloud moves into the desert? Some of you, you think, um, desert, I don't love that word. Like, that's the word I use when it's a tough season. Like, where are you at? I'm in the desert. The Lord hasn't spoken for 10 years, and it's dry out here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the desert where you go to die. That's not this, okay? So you can just take a sigh of relief. This is going to be good. There's blessings in the wilderness, What happened to the Israelites when they uh, left Egypt? They walked out into an unknown place. And the Father began over the course of an entire generation to deliver them and set them free from slave mentality. We are in a place where we want to consecrate a time where we can get free. The tagline to these 40 days is lower and slower. Does that just sound relieving to some of us? Because I know it did to me. I'm like, I want to get lower. I want to go slower. Things are at a pace right now where that just is a breath of fresh air. So lower, we go lower into humility, lower to say, Jesus, you are God and I am not, and I am going to trust you wherever you would lead me. And it brings us to a beautiful place of brokenness, and submission and surrender, all of those nitty-gritty words that we love, or maybe we don't, but we will. And we come into the the wilderness so that we can be delivered and set free. So I just want to put this in context of where we're at, because um, we've come out of, in essence, maybe it's strong language, but we've come out of some of our own Egypt some of a cultural context of what church is supposed to look like, some strongholds or um, ideas that the American church really holds on to really tightly, this Sunday gathering. And for years we've been fighting to say, but we want neighborhoods, but we want homes, but we want missional communities. Do you know that we went from, I don't know, was it like 11 MCs or something, uh, to 31 homes overnight? 
because we paused, because we said we're going to meet every other Sunday. So we have, we're coming out of something and we're coming in to something else. We're coming into a time where we're going to begin to flourish in the wilderness. And the Father's going to give us grace to continue to be uh, slow and to go low into humility as we try something new. It's a time where we get set apart. The wilderness for John the Baptist was necessary. The wilderness was necessary for the Israelites. It was necessary for Jesus. And not just necessary unto um, being humbled or broken, but necessary to pick up the authority by which they were going to accomplish the mission ahead. Can I just say that again? We are going to pick up the authority in these 40 days for the mission ahead. We're going to keep that in mind because as your week comes, your five to seven days in your region, I just want you to remember, this is unto being clothed, being clothed with power from on high so that I can be prepared for what the Father has. We get set apart. We experience his leadership and his provision. There's nothing more clear than a pillar of fire and cloud. I mean, there's no question where that thing's going. When we have to wait and say, where are we going to be in September? It has to be the Lord. Nobody's making this up. We just need his voice and we're going to follow. And so in the wilderness, as we step into this season, we're going to be celebrating his clear leadership like never before. Provision, locusts, honey, Manna, quail, water from the rock. There's no question where it comes from. Now, it's not as tasty, maybe. It's not luxurious. It's not um, maybe satisfying to the senses as much when you're eating locusts and honey. But it's provision. And so uh, one of the things that I want to invite us into today I'm going to be asking later on for you to consider what your wilderness is. So I'm just going to put that out there so that you can hang on to it in your mind. Because there are luxuries and there are comforts and there are conveniences. Man, suddenly your face is just like dropped, like changed. Like I know where she's going with this. <laughs> this is going to be great. If we have uh, hungry hearts to be able to drop some of those luxuries, conveniences, pleasures, then we're going to open up space to hunger for the Spirit again. And we're going to make uh, a way for Him to provoke us to hunger, and He will fill us. So I'm excited that He's going to show us His provision again. And lastly, in the wilderness, just as I've mentioned with John the Baptist, it's where we receive ears to hear and we begin to perceive what he's doing in Kansas City. We, we have inklings, we can see in part, but we're just asking for more. God, what are you doing? What are you doing in my neighborhood? What are you doing in my region? And we want to have uh, sensitive spirits in this time to be able to perceive. That is finding our prophetic voice and developing a discerning spirit. So this is what we were made for, Luke 10. So we've got Jesus, and he's speaking to the disciples. He's telling parables, and the disciples say, we don't understand this parable. Can you break it down for us? And in response to them asking for instruction, Jesus says, this is Luke 10, 8, you have been given a teachable heart 
to perceive the secret hidden mysteries of God's kingdom realm. Can I ask you to close your eyes? Because I want to speak to your spirits. Because this is who we are as a people. You, you Nava Church, you Nava family, you have been given a teachable heart to perceive the secret, hidden mysteries of God's kingdom realm. You were made for more. You were made to listen. You were made to perceive. There are mysteries that are hidden in every moment of every hour of the day, and he wants to wake us up to see and perceive again. You can open your eyes. It's our inheritance. It's what we love about our kids when we see the wonder that they carry. He's going to restore some of that in these 40 days, that childlike wonder to perceive the kingdom of God. Now, if you look further down in this same chapter, Luke 8, verse 14, the parable that Jesus was uh, sharing with uh, the disciples was the one of the soil and the seeds. And Jesus tells them what the soil is, what the seeds are. And in this verse, he's speaking about the weeds. Because the thing is, we were made to perceive, but there are things that clench that inheritance, that uh, choke out, that entangle, make us hard of heart and unable to perceive the mysteries. So let's look at this. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures and they do not mature. Doesn't that just sound like the worst? Like, they do not mature because weeds begin to choke. So this is where the fasting comes in. Where are the anxieties? Where are the pleasures? Where are the riches of this world choking out? There are things in our culture, there's things that every culture has, there's things that our families engage in that are not necessarily sinful things, but they just soften uh, our ears. Sorry, not soften. I'm thinking of the bad way. Dull, dull. (laughs) They dull our ability to hear clearly. And so that's what we're going to be listening for today. We're going to, um, in a moment, we're going to ask the Father to make those things clear to us. So you will have a chance to do that. But there's one big blaring thing. There's one kind of neon sign that is in our culture, I would say, is producing a lot of these anxieties and a lot of the busyness in our culture. That would be, can anybody guess it? Oh, you did. I wasn't sure if you would. Technology, social media, I heard that around the room. So... Uh, It used to be said, Richard Foster has a book out, apparently, um, that uh, uh, is about the ways that leaders fall. And it used to be said that leaders fall through um, money, love of money, power, and sex. These are the three big ones that cause leaders to fall. Now, there is a, a leader that we've been listening to. His name is Mark Sayers. He leads a podcast called This Cultural Moment. Jot it down if you haven't listened. A lot of us in this 24-7 movement are listening to it because he's speaking to what's happening in our culture right now. And Mark Sayers says this. What if the attack on the next phase of leaders isn't money, sex, and power? 
but it's simply bondage to things that are distracting and not productive. <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> what if the attack on this next phase of leaders isn't money, sex, and power, but it's bondage to things that are simply distracting and not productive? And when I heard that, guys, like my heart broke for this generation. Because I can see, I think it breaks because I can see this, because I feel vulnerable to this myself. It's not going to be the big things. We're, we're the generation that wants to be open and we want to share all of our struggles. It's not going to be the hidden sins, guys. It's going to be distraction. It's going to be the minutes that take away our life. The things that we're just unaware of that I, I just see like um, the sand falling through, like minutes and hours that get wasted with unproductive things. And so this is my heart for our 40 days, that the Father would make us sensitive to the way that we spend our lives, that he would begin to provoke us again, that that hunger, that longing would be stirred up to a place where I want to pray, I have to get away, and I have to hear your voice, Father. I don't know um, if you're in this place, but I am at the age where I can remember my life before social media. I remember my walk with God before the internet. And it was different, guys. Like, I feel the sobriety of that. It was different. And there, there was um, times when I would get bored. I can't remember the last time I've been bored. Because we have input in every direction. We can hear at any moment of the day. We can ask a question and we get the answer right there. An idea pops in my head and I've got the answer. I can look it up. But I want to encourage us to just question maybe the uh, um, question whether this is the healthiest lifestyle for us. Is that okay? <laughs> I get to bring the fun messages. They give me the fun ones. <laughs> Oh, man. So what, yeah, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Tim. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about three things that happen in the wilderness. And uh, these are going to be a blessing to us. These are um, ways that we are going to engage the Lord. So the first thing that happens is we get quiet. John the Baptist, you go out, you get quiet. The Israelites, they're set apart from every other nation for a time. Jesus, there are no noises of a bustling economy of fishermen, of wagons. It's pretty quiet out there. You begin to hear the sounds of nature. You get in tune with the way that the wind rolls through the desert, right? So we're going to get quiet. The second thing that happens is we get alone. Now, I love that there's two ways of being alone in both of these stories. We see John the Baptist is alone. He goes into solitude. Some of you during these 40 days, you're going to have an opportunity to go on a retreat where you go and you be alone and the Father teaches you how to be still. He's going to quiet your, your heart and your spirit in that place of solitude. It'll be a beautiful thing. And then there's others. The other example we have in the scripture is the Israelites who were alone with two million people. So can I just speak to some moms who may not get a silent retreat 
in these next 40 days because there is a way to pull away and to get alone while you're surrounded with people. And the Israelites taught us that, that we are called out from a culture. Maybe there's a fasting of news. Maybe there's a fasting of noise somehow where we are called out as a family where we're not getting away from each other individually, but we're pulling away from the culture in some way. And I'm going to let you in a minute listen to what that would look like for you and your family. Does that make sense? Okay. The last thing that happens is we get hungry. And we can get physically hungry in order to provoke more space in the spirit for our hearts to long. So what happens in fasting is when you go without some luxuries or even some necessities like food, is that that cry gets louder and louder. That cry of hunger um, gets lifted up and we get to put it on the Father and ask Him to satisfy. So in the desert, we get hungry and we get satisfied there, okay? So this is our posture over these 40 days. We're going to get quiet, we're going to get alone, and we're going to get hungry. So can I have everybody stand up, kids included? Because when we posture ourselves like this, the Father actually receives our life as a prayer. We are making ourselves a prayer before the Lord. When we get quiet, we get alone, and we get hungry. So I'm going to say it first, and then I'm going to have you repeat after me. When we do this... We want listening ears to hear his voice. We want a soft heart to know his nearness when we're alone. That's where we experience the nearness and our heart gets soft. And we want full spirits. We want spirits that are full of the presence of God, a fresh baptism of his love. So we're going to say this together. First... I'll say it. We want listening ears, a soft heart, full spirits. Let's say it. We want listening ears, soft hearts, a full spirit again. We want listening ears, a soft heart, full spirits. God, this is our prayer during this time. We want listening ears, a soft heart, and full spirits. You can sit down. It's what happens when we get to go in the desert. Are you guys getting convinced that this is a good thing? (laughs) Good. Okay. So the question then is where is your wilderness? Because your wilderness doesn't look the same as my wilderness. The things that are going to be challenging for you to lay aside may be different than the things that are difficult for me. I want to say as a core team, we have decided during these 40 days that we are going to turn off social media. That's our way that we felt the Father is leading us into silence and into solitude. Whatever time was spent scrolling or sharing, we're going to give that back to the Father. And I would invite you um, to consider that as well. There's lots of things that the Father can put on your heart, but I'm just going to put this one out there as one that we as a Nava family are going to adopt together. For some of you, it's easier. You're like, not even on Facebook. Got this one. Um, That's awesome. But for the rest of us, this can be a challenge. So consider it. The thing about the fast, guys, it wasn't... uh, 
people that led John the Baptist into the desert. It wasn't anybody wooing the Israelites. It was the Spirit of God. So the Spirit has to lead you into your own wilderness, okay? That's really important. So um, interesting statistic also from this Mark Sayers guy is that of those who have given up social media, within five days of quitting, they experienced a 40% increase of happiness. Within five days. Do you want to be happy? <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't that 40% of them experienced an increase of happiness. It was that they all did, and they experienced that to 40%. So, um, take your half sheet of paper. If anybody did not get a half sheet of paper, um, raise your hand if you need one. Okay, we got a couple. Caitlin, is that? Thanks, Caitlin. Keep your hand up until you get one. Oh, yeah, the kiddos. Are these our growing oaks? All, all of the kiddos have their own half sheet of paper that you guys can participate on. Oh, it's on the back of the board. Man, Rachel's awesome. Okay, because this is a family thing. The entire nation of two million people in Israel went as a family. So we get to do it together. Okay, I'm going to read a couple lines, and then we're going to have some listening time, and uh, we're going to have the worship team come back up. So I'm just going to read this beginning here. It says, over the course of 40 days, August 21st through September 29th, we will journey together into the wilderness. As we surrender our distractions comforts and conveniences, we will experience a greater hunger for the kingdom and thirst for God's presence. You can keep reading on your own there. Down the next paragraph, it says, our modern world comes with many comforts and conveniences. Rarely do we pause to examine the effect they have on us. At worst, they can steal our time, wreak havoc on our relationships, and leave us overstimulated. At best, we can forget to rest and fail to be grateful. So then you've got a list here. And my husband wanted me to remember, I've got a sticky note, to remind you guys that these are not sinful things. These are not things that the Father said, don't do these, you're a bad person. <laughs> we're looking at things that we're going to lay down for a time, and it's perfectly okay to take them back up. Because we're saying, for 40 days, Father, I want to give you the luxuries, the pleasures, the things that he's in a lot of times given to us. They're not sinful things, but he's putting his finger on some of us to say, honey, I love you and I want to speak to you. So can you give me more time? Can you give me more space? Can you give me all of your heart? And so in response to his love, we're saying all of it, Jesus, I want to go lower. I want to go more humble. I want to be more broken before you. Take the rhythm of my life. I want to go slower. I want to pause so that I can engage with you. That's the heart of this, okay? So can I invite the uh, worship team cutter um, a little, we're going to have a listening time. So let me orient you to the room. You've got these papers, and we want the Spirit to lead you, to speak to you. And I would love, I'm just going to be really clear, because I would love if we were able to complete this here today in this room. You do have three weeks. It's August 21st when we start this together. So if it doesn't happen in the room, that's okay. But I just know that there's something that the Father wants to accomplish with us as a people today. I do feel that there's a grace for him to speak here. He'll speak to you anywhere, but today we're doing this as a family. 
We have two stations in the back. We have a lower station and we have a slower station. And there's instructions there. So this is the, I give things up. I walk into the wilderness and I lay down my life. And in the going lower and slower, we're taking up a new posture, a new rhythm. Maybe you need 20 minutes where you're adding something, but it's to be still or to be out in nature. And so these stations in the back will help you with that. And Rachel has designed two more stations that parents can do with their kiddos that are a hands-on activity of the same themes, lower and slower, ears to hear, hearts to feel, spirits to be full. Okay? We are here in this moment for this month in order to stand at Etham on the edge of the wilderness and see the cloud move into a place And as that cloud moves, he's saying, I want you. I love you. I want all of your heart. I want to capture your attention again because I have mysteries. You were created to perceive and to know. And I want to open your ears to hear my voice. So I'm going to bless you. And then um, I encourage you just for the sake of the stations, it'd be good if some of you um, started at those stations so we could kind of rotate in and around. We'll have about 15 minutes so we can spend our time here. So Father, let's close our eyes and welcome him. Spirit, you're the one. You're the one who leads. And so I simply come before you and I ask that you would lead our body now. Lead us into the place where we're set free and delivered. Lead us into the place where we reclaim our identity and our authority. And I ask that you would speak to each one of us about how we, as individuals, couples, and families, can engage the wilderness together. In Jesus' name.